is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome. You are listening to the News for the Soul radio network. The News for the Soul Radio Network airs daily and our archives are always totally free. Go to newsforthesoul.com to join the next live show now. That's newsforthesoul.com. Next on News for the Soul, bridging realms with Becca Honeycutt. Becca is an energy healer, body-mind counselor with a passion for shadow work, the art of making the unconscious to conscious. It's about diving into the depths of you, facing and embracing your deepest fears about yourself to reclaim and empower you to move forward in the seat of your own authority. This is an excavation and reclamation of the soul. This returns to you the ability to trust in yourself, unapologetically speak your truth, and have full freedom of expression. Please welcome back Becca Honeycutt to News for the Soul. Hello. It is Miss Becca here on Happy, I believe we're already on the 8th. Holy snap, how do we make it to December? I just don't know. Uh, 2021, almost to 2022, and we're still in the middle of all this jazz. So exciting to find out what's going to happen next. Um, Today, I wanted to talk to you about shame. What is it? What does it do to us? How can we get out of it? How can we notice it? Um, And because I'm all about diving into the deep end of the pool, how can we work with it? Um, Shame is one of the most avoided feelings or emotions. Probably the most avoided. Shame and humiliation. And we will do like absolutely anything we can not to feel that um we run away from ourselves we will become this false pretense of something that we think we need to be we will morph ourselves twist ourselves and bind ourselves up and do anything we can not to feel it so what is it what is shame shame in my definition is the feeling that there is something wrong innately with you. Um, it's different than guilt, and guilt might would be some would be I've done something wrong. So the behavior is wrong with guilt, but there is something innately wrong with me is shame. And we don't want to feel that way. Like I don't I. I don't want to feel like I did anything wrong, and I'll just start with me. So um, in my household growing up, everything I did was wrong. I breathed too loud. I walked too hard. I slammed too much. I Why can't I be this girl and be more floofy and pretty, and why do I walk like a truck driver? These are the things that I constantly heard growing up in my household. And the thing about this is it, it chips away at you in a way that I feel like nothing else really does because there's such a dependency usually on the person you're hearing it from. There's a dependency on like, I want to get love from them. Or if this happened to you early on as a child, most of us experience this in childhood. It's actually part of our developmental cycle. Um, We go through it um, somewhere between like two to five um, where we learn about these things. And most of us are getting like, shamed for, you know, we aren't potty training fast enough for our parents or my, you know, I drew a pretty dinosaur, but my mom called it a pretty flower and I'm ashamed that she didn't know what it was. Like this is a whole developmental stage that every single one of us goes through. So it's not anything that we're getting out on or out of, but it chips away at us because there's a dependency for love on the people that are doing this to us and I don't say dependency like I should probably pick a better word but I don't have it right now Um, like codependent but like we're 
that's where our love comes from. Like we're learning to love from these people that are trying to love us. And when they're showing us, they're shaming us for something, whether it be subtly or obviously, if it happens long enough and repeated and often enough, it chips away at the whole of who we are. It makes us doubt ourselves. It makes us think less of ourselves. It makes us start to blame ourselves and criticize ourselves and call us horrible names like I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I should know better. Um, you know, what, what, what are some of the ways that you judge yourself? What are some of the ways that you know you beat yourself up constantly? I bet there's at least one or three phrases that you are constantly saying in your head that start with, I should this, or I'm, you know, I screwed this up, or I'm stupid for this, or something like that. And if that's true, I see you. And you are dealing with internalized shame. And the thing is, because we're, this is something we will run from feeling, right? If I'm going to run because I don't want to feel shame. When we are the thing that we feel ashamed of, there's no freaking where to run. Where the hell are you going to go? You can't leave your skin, even though you might want to. But you can't. So you're like trapped with feeling you're this horrible thing. And you can't get away from it. So what we do is start to repress any kind of memory we have about this. We can repress like who we are the truth of who we are because if that got shamed for your for me it was my too muchness so I was too big too much for other people that was also my spark there's a gift in that for me and when that got shamed for me I closed off my heart cut off from everything I gave a crap about and shoved it way the fuck down in the basement me I shoved me way down in the basement. And then I kind of locked the key and threw it away. Because I didn't, I don't want to feel that. I didn't want to deal with that. And the pain of what others, that others were shaming me that were supposed to love me were doing to me made me feel abandoned emotionally. And I didn't want to feel that either. Like, it just cycles on itself. And the problem is once we bury ourselves in that basement to run from shame, this weird, unspoken energy starts to build and build and build and build. And it doesn't ever stop. And it's slow and subtle. And... I don't think we really notice it. You can go years, decades without really noticing this. It's just this feeling. And then what happens is it starts to express itself because whatever we suppress has to express. And it'll express itself through us in like these bursts of anger or shaming others. That's my favorite. Um, I became a big judger and a big shamer because I was trained by the best. So I was, that's what I did was I was going to give it to you because, and it's the same cycle as abuse, right? Because there's two ways you go when this happens is you become the pattern that happened to you. So if shame was used on me, I'm going to shame you. Right. So it's saying like hurt people, hurt people. This is the same thing here. And because I didn't hold on to that part of myself that I shoved underground. Because if I held on to her and not locked her in the basement, I can guarantee you, I would have gone out of my way to make sure that I never shamed anyone or I never judged anyone. So these are the two ways that that can show up. So we, but either way, we end up like shutting a piece of ourselves down when we encounter this. Because if I'm, if I'm, obviously if I'm down there in the basement and I can't get to anything and the truth of who I am, 
I can't be compassionate. My, my judgmental self needs to lash out at somebody. It needs to lash out. And if I'm going to go the other way and be so accommodating, not necessarily not to shame or judge, but to, I'd be too, I'm too kind because now I'm not even speaking the truth of when I'm angry. I don't want to make people feel bad. And that shuts me down in other ways, right? So some of the long-term effects of this are, of living with shame for long-term are, numbing out, feeling dead inside, or what I like to call one of the walking dead, where I'm just like waiting for death to come and take me off the planet. Um, I know better than to do anything about it myself, but it, that feeling is still there, but I'm just waiting for it. I'll just get through my life. I'll just survive it. That's a one of the long-term effects of this. And if you just, you die a little bit inside each day, it, ta- it takes you so far away from yourself. And then the other part is that you hate yourself so much. You can hate yourself so much because you have to, there's something about admitting that you are the monstrosity. At least this is where I took mine. So my rage expressed itself um, as, as judgmental as well as showing up to punish me and to be the monstrosity. If I'm going to, if I'm going to be this horrible, horrible thing, well, I'm going to show you how horrible I can really be. Right. I'm going to prove to myself that I'm this horrible thing. And then I'm going to judge myself and I'm going to blame myself and I'm going to criticize myself for it. And it shuts us down. Can you, I mean, you've got to be able to feel this already. And if you are, I'm sorry, I talk about this stuff all the time, so it's just in my wheelhouse, and I forget how triggering this can be. Let's just breathe. Just take a breath and open focus. And if you've got any tension in your body because you know I'm talking to you, just focus on there and breathe and have some compassion for this because you're not alone we all have it it's just how much do we know and what do we do with it it's just an emotion there is nothing innately wrong and bad with who you are that's the lie that we bought into because we were we experienced this before we had any kind of rationale or a fully formed brain to understand all we were were emotions and energy and when the energy of shame comes at you it packs quite a wallop on a little kid we feel it and how this you know how can this show up in other other areas of your life, man? This can affect your job, your life, your internal patterns, your relationships, your connection to spirit or God can be affected. And how you show up in the world is affected. If you are constantly apologizing for being alive, there's no way you're going to be able to speak up for yourself. There's no way you're going to have a voice that actually speaks the truth of who you are. How can you set a boundary from a place of trying to apologize? And then you turn into uh, <clears throat> an unwilling doormat to everyone around you because you don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings. And they don't seem to care. So they're just living their lives and doing them, and you wonder how, how come they can be that strong, but I can't. Because they are having a different relationship with shame. In relationships, am I always giving in to my significant other? Am I always just going with the flow? 
Am I ever saying what I need and want? Do I even know what that is? That's the other thing that Shane can do is if you spend enough time here, we call it survival mode, by the way, and if you spend enough time here and it's getting bigger and bigger because it's building and building and building and slowly taking you down from your unconscious place of being, you may be running so far out of fear of shame that you don't even know what you want. You've never been given space to figure that out or time, and you've certainly never given it to yourself. And did it even occur to you to ask yourself that question? I mean, it's like some of this stuff is like it sounds so simple, but it really, really isn't. When you get into the subconscious, which is what shadow work deals with, you're dealing with very, very subtle energies that pack a big wallop in places that you can't see it coming because it's coming from within inside the building, right? We can do everything to control and brace ourselves for what we know is coming at us from outside the building, meaning outside of ourselves. But when it's coming and it's happening to us from inside of us, from a place that we aren't even aware of, can you see how this can really mess with your life? Can you see how this can really keep you stuck? And you keep trying to break these patterns and break these patterns, but you're trying to do it from a place of doing, meaning doing it outside in the world. My relationship to, I'm going to change my relationship with this thing outside, like with the job. Why can't I stand up at my job? I keep trying. I practice the words. Um, I practice to have this really hard conversation with my friend. And I'm still in the same place. Why can't I get my mouth to say what I want it to say? This is why. It's an unconscious pattern that is running who you are. You cannot change this from, like, outside of you. You, you can't. You just can't. It's like that um, it's a horrible analogy, but it's just the visual that's coming to my mind right now. It's like, you know, puppets. You've got the hand shoved up their body, and it's just the hand is really running them, right? The puppet's not running itself. This is what these unconscious things that are hidden deep within us do. They're the hand. And we can't break these patterns until we get to know and understand the hand itself and our relationship to it what it is, not from a place of controlling it, but from a place of learning from it, of allowing it to be our teacher. So I'm going to take you into a quick little meditation. And if you are sitting down and not in a car, Please feel free to do this. If you are in a car, please do not. Do not do this with your eyes closed. Um, And you may want a journal and a pen with you um, to help you because I'm going to ask you guys some questions and you may want to write them down. So we're going to do a meditation with shame as your teacher. Okay. And before we start this, I'm going to tell you, do not reach for answers with your mind. There's no getting it right. There's no right answer. I don't, I don't care. You're not getting graded on this. Um, this is literally about tapping into feelings. So you're going to follow the feelings, and you know what those feelings are. When you're feeling ashamed, the ones that make you run from it, that's like, oh, that feeling in your gut where you just the sensations that are happening in your body. I want you to allow those in and allow them to inform you of what can help you down here, okay? So you're following sensations, not the mind. So just take a deep breath and close your eyes and get comfy. 
and just begin to allow your system to get slow and heavy and slow and heavy. Like someone is pouring beautiful, thick, golden honey over your head. And it is just slowly dripping down and taking all of those extraneous thoughts right out and down into your heart. Noticing what you feel there. And down. Into your torso and into, I say second chakra, your gut. Place that holds a lot of power. And just let that light up. And I want you to just imagine that you're sitting at a table in some really cute cafe. You've ordered your coffee or your tea and it's on the way. And you're getting ready to have a meeting with your teacher, Shane. And as your coffee comes to the table, you notice a figure walking towards you. And it pulls up a chair and sits down. And this is shame. And you've known this, you've known shame for a long time. So, hey, shame, how are you doing? Right? And now that you've had that experience, tap back into your gut, stay there at the table with shame. And tap into your gut and into the second chakra. And ask shame as you try to, you know, tap into it or allow it to just become present in you as well as across from you. What is it that you're trying to teach me? And just let whatever comes out of you come out. What do you want me to know that would help me be in relationship with you? How do I discard myself when you're around? How can I show up differently in a way that supports me when you're near? Breathe. And if there's anything else you want to ask, Shane, ask it now. And then just wrap this up. You can come back at any time begin to bring this to a close and thank shame for showing up and having this conversation with you.
then just allow shame to leave. Take a deep breath into that gut and allow that energy to reascend up your torso into your heart. And then slowly come back into the room, into your body, and back here with me. So what did you learn? Most of the time when I do these kinds of practices, the answers that I get are so very unexpected. Because shame as your teacher is different than shame as your, like a predator or your keeper. Shame as a teacher wants you to know about yourself. So I didn't call shame in here to be like, you're a bad, horrible person. That was not the point of what we were doing here. This is my own shame. And what does it have for me to learn about it? So when I did this practice with my own shame, God, it's been so many years, the things that it told me was, um, you know, I appreciate you because you're strong. You're tough. And you fight back. And I was like, oh maybe inside myself, but this was some of the things that were coming up for me. Right? I want these things to be able to point towards your strength. That's the point of doing meditations like these or, you know, check-ins, whatever you want to call these things. And if you begin to build relationships with these things that bother you, or that you feel powerless against, they can actually turn into your greatest supporter. They can help you get out and break some of these patterns. So now I'm going to give you some other tools. Being able to notice when shame is being used against you. And how to choose your response differently. So first of all, when people use shame against you, what are they doing? Are they just getting off on it? No. They're using it to control you, possibly because they're afraid of you, or they're afraid of being out of control. They may need to be the one in control of everything. And if I don't know where you're going with something, I'm going to shame you. That makes me feel safe. Right? So for me, I just use myself as an example because I'm the only thing I got right now, is I used to have to be the best person in the room or the worst person in the room. It depended on what we were talking about, right? So if we're talking about how much we know and getting things right and all that stuff, I would have to I would have to know more than everyone in the room or feel that I did. And if I didn't, something was wrong with me, right? If I didn't, I was unsafe because if I could see where you were coming 100 miles away from me, I knew how to protect myself. I also used to have to be, when we were talking about traumatic things, the worst in the room. Mine was the worst. I was the worst. Nobody else's trauma was worse than mine because that also made me feel safe. It's a weird little thing. And I had a friend, my best friend, who um, I used to shame her all the time very subtly, and I didn't know I was doing it. Um, Some part of me felt the unsafety part of it, where I felt like I was unsafe. 
And I, but I didn't consciously know I was doing it until one day she pointed it out. And she said, um, we're doing some stuff around um, like witchcraft and paganism. And um, she was just learning some of the stuff and I've been doing some of this for a while. So of course I knew more, right? Um, <clears throat> and she kept asking me questions and, having, and my opinions about things. So that just put me more in charge and more in control. But as she kept learning, she kept learning. She was like, you know, I have to bring up that you constantly do this thing where I might be doing it right, but I'm not, I'm not getting it good enough or I'm not doing it exactly right according to the way you see it. Do you know you're doing that? And I was like, oh, crap. No, I did not know I was doing that. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And she's like, why do you do that? And I just started crying. I knew exactly why I did it, but I had no idea I was doing it. And I told her, I said, because if I don't know more than you, I feel safe. That feels out of control to me. And I don't feel safe. So I have to know the most so that I can be the safest. If I know the most in the room, it makes me safe. If I'm the worst in the room, it makes me safe. If I know more than you, it makes me feel safe. And then I had to go look at that because that's my work, right? Dive into my own feelings of unsafety and heal that. And we're fine. I don't do that to her anymore. But I definitely told her if I ever do that again, please call me on it Um, because I actually appreciate that. I appreciate when people let me know you're crossing a line with me here. Like this doesn't feel good to me. It wakes me up to what is unconsciously running me. And I am always grateful for that. But that's just one way this can show up in our life, right? How many of you have to be the best or the worst in the room to feel safe? Did you know you were even doing that to feel safe? Because this stuff can really hide behind ego, where it's just like, I now you like to know more. I like to be the smartest, right? That's just the easy bypass. What's really going on underneath that is I am afraid. It's a front, right? It's total bullshit to hide us from ever feeling ashamed that I don't know what I should know, that I'm not the smartest in the room. The problem is that shame attacks the very cracks in us that we already fear and hold in ourselves isn't good enough within us. We already have doubts about this place that we're trying to grow, right? We're not, like we're learning. It's usually always happening in some place that we're learning about ourselves, about something else. It doesn't matter what it is. We're learning something we don't know how to do. And when you are shamed before you have the chance to figure out how to do that thing, we shut down. This happens. The shame happens. We become ashamed of everything that we're doing, who we are. I did it wrong. I'm wrong. I'm bad. I should have known better because that's what they told me. And if you grew up in a house with that dynamic, You're walking on eggshells all the time. You're trying to find order in the chaos. The rules are constantly changing. So what if we just start to look at where we think we aren't good enough and shore that up? So how can we stop taking shame on? Recognize when it's being used against you. And that means having enough observer self, which is basically like the one she, I call it she who notices, um, where I can notice my behaviors while I'm doing them. And I believe in one of my other things on here, there was an observer meditation as well. But just practicing waking that observer up so that you're not triggered when it happens. 
If someone is shaming me now, I see that crap coming a mile away. I, it, I never used to. And it took me like 20 years to break that pattern. It doesn't have to take 20 years for you. But it took me 20 years to figure that out and figure out how to break that pattern. I had, I had to learn to recognize it. Are they making snide comments at me? Are they making me feel less than? Is the language they're using making me feel less than? Because there's times when we can just feel less than. It doesn't mean somebody's shaming me, right? Then I'm doing it to myself. That's harder to see. So I'm starting with outside of you first. So knowing the language of shame, like what are some, um, you know, shaming language sentences, right? Like you're not good enough. You didn't do that right. We all know the obvious ones. You're stupid. You're dumb. You could screw up a free lunch. I've heard that. I heard that growing up a lot. But the less obvious ones are like, oh, well, you could have done that a little better. Oh, it's almost perfect. You'll have a better luck next time. Right? There's super subtle ways that this can really show up in your life. What you have to pay attention to is how is it affecting you. So if you hear this, if someone's outrightly shaming you, like, you know, oh, well, you didn't do that right. That's one of those middle-of-the-road middle, middle of the road ones, right? Oh, I see that you screwed that up. You got that wrong. Stop and notice what's happening for the person who is speaking to you. Don't make it about what you did wrong. Don't buy that lie. If you hear that language and you feel that feeling of shame, go stop, full stop in yourself, and boom, let's pay attention. Are they in fear? Do they need to control me? What's happening over there? Do they need, are they feeling unsafe? And if you tune into that space in your gut, your sensations will give you tools to knowing some of these answers. If you're doing this from the mind in order to punish somebody, that's not what we're doing here. Right? We just want to stop because we don't deserve this for one, and no one's going to stand up for you but you. And it frankly isn't anybody's job to stand up for you but you. But if you don't have the tools to do that, boom, here we are right now. Let's give them to you. So, knowing the language of shame, recognizing it when it's being used against you. And then being able to observe, oh, that feels like shame to me. And you can always ask it. Ask them questions. Get curious and see if, what answers you get. Oh, are you, you ask them straight up. Oh, are you trying to shame me right now? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That'll stop them in their tracks and keep it honest and keep it a cool conversation, right? Do I scare you? That's my favorite. <laughs> Am I freaking you out? Do you, are you afraid you can't control what I'm going to do next because you don't know what's coming out of my mouth? Is that a problem for you? What's, what's happening right now? Because I'm, you know, it's like I'm picking that energy up. That has nothing to do with me. So please don't give it to me. It's not mine. Won't take it. But you also bring the unconsciousness into the room. You wake it up. You bring it into consciousness. Because they may be doing this from a place where their little hand is running their puppet. They don't necessarily know what they're doing to you. Some people might, but not everybody. It's not always so <clears throat> obvious, conscious, and, and on purpose to manipulate you. Most of the time, they're running, their little hand's running their puppet, your little hand's running your puppet. Right, And you calling that up and saying, oh, what's hap- was that felt really like a shaming thing to say to me. Uh, I wonder if you're aware of that or, or is there something going on with you? And they're going to be like, oh, oh, it's going to drop them deeper into themselves and might create deeper intimacy for you guys. Like it has the opportunity to open a lot of doors here. Right? This isn't about being right, and this isn't about harming people, and this isn't about 
getting revenge. This isn't about any of that. It's about getting honest with what is happening inside of you and stopping yourself from being triggered and just reacting to being conscious and being able to respond. Gives you more power over your, like with yourself that you can actually stand on and use as a good foundation to come out of any hidey places or places you might be hiding from yourself because of this, right? And then the next thing is take all these practices inward. So once you've done enough outward, you can start to shift the stuff going on inside of you or both will happen simultaneously. It tends to. So know yourself and learn to overcome your inner weak spots that would take you down. Shore them up. Find out what shame is here to show you. What does it appreciate about you? And what do you appreciate about it? Sit down at the table and that little coffee table and ask it that question. You'll get crazier answers from that. It blows my mind. And then it's like you can even ask shame questions about what work can I, you know, what can I do to show, which I think I asked, to show up differently. What can I do to stand for myself? What can I do to, to, to not get triggered when, when someone is shoving you at me? Shame will tell you. If, you. if you approach shame as a teacher, it will show you. Shame kills vulnerability, creativity, and our ability to put up boundaries. It causes us to shrink and hide, even though we crave to be seen, heard, and belong. But how can we belong when we're hiding the truth of who we are? This is the conundrum. We have to be able to get back to our vulnerability safely, learn to have our own backs, and then move forward from a place of strength and having ourselves before we try this out on the world. You want to feel good. You can stop those people from shaming you. But if you are in a place of vulnerability, you know, like don't try this with people you know are going to take you down. If you end up in that situation, yes. But to put, unless you feel like practicing that way where you're going to put yourself in these situations to try to do something different, then I would encourage you to have massive amounts of compassion. Come with massive amounts of compassion for yourself. Right? So don't go practicing this on purpose with people and then beat yourself up for not doing it right. That's what I'm talking about. It defeats the purpose. If you're going to go practicing this people before you shore up that inner space in you, bring loads of compassion for yourself so that you can go, oh, make it a learning experience. Make every failure a learning experience. What did I learn from that? Okay. I learned that I could hear it happening in my head, what I wanted to say, but I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Great. You just completed step one of shifting this. I'm just going to let you know right now. There's like, you cannot shift this overnight in in two minutes. This is a process and it's going to take time. So you need to be able to allow yourself the time it takes to do this. And everyone's going to be different. So compassion is the way to do that. It takes time to build space between, oh, I got triggered to, oh, I reacted. Oh, that's going to happen probably 20 more times before you're able to go get to Oh, I got triggered. Oof. Oh, I didn't react that time. I still didn't get out what I wanted to say, but oh my God, I didn't react. Oh, I just walked away. That is a win, people. That is a freaking win. Take that shit to the bank. I want to make sure that you guys also know when you're dealing with this stuff that you are celebrating the hell out of your wins. Okay? That's to shift patterns, that's one of the most important things you need to do. And the reason that we're stuck where we are, most of us, if you're dealing with this stuff, is because not only were we never celebrated or told, yay you for achieving something, it was that carrot you could never get to. 
It was meant to keep you on the wheel. Not, again, manipulative, maybe so, but more of just these people who are using some of the shame tactics and some of these other things. It's just the way they were raised. How bad did they have it before they got into this incarnation and gave it to you? They had it worse than they're giving it to you, I'm telling you right now, because we all learn this shit from somewhere. So bring that in there, too, if it helps. Oh, not to dismiss what you're feeling, because I don't want to do that, but to just honor what's really happening here. They had it worse, so they don't know any better. I'm here, and I'm shifting this pattern. Okay, I know the battlefield I'm standing on. I've got all my pieces. My bag of compassion is right next to me. It's got its little legs and it's walking with me so that anytime I need it, I can reach in there. I've got my celebration in my bag so that if I'm going, oh, I couldn't get that out of my mouth. But, I, you know, I didn't fall in the same way. Yay, me. I love hearing the yay, me, when people realize that they've, been able to break a pattern and it's just subtle changes repeated often that's all it is so that has been bridging realms podcast for you today and um two things before we wrap up today i wanted to let you know um that i want to let you know about so part of what i get the most out of is interacting with people so I really wanted to offer the ability for you guys to be able to reach out for help with um, places where there's like emotional stuckness or um, unexpressed emotions that you might want help with um, on the air so if that sounds good to you starting next week um, I'm going to open some time to take calls and help people navigate through uncomfortable emotions, situations, whatever I can in short spurts, um, doing shadow work. So it's going to point you back toward yourself and the power you have um, and or where to find it. So if you're interested, I invite you to join me in that um, here in two weeks at 2 p.m. Pacific time, right before the holidays. So I'm sure <laughs> all that family stuff will just be bubbling right to the surface. Um, <laughs> uh, the second thing that I wanted to let you know about is a free live masterclass that I am teaching on the 16th of this month. Um, it is called Queen of Shadows, Three Things Holding You Back from Your Inner Power. Um, and this will have a lot of juicy tips inside that you might find helpful. So I invite you to join me for that if you like to by going to my website at www.bridging-realms.com. Um, wait two seconds and the pop-up on my page will give you a button to sign up. You can join me live for that. Um, the time for this will be 2 p.m. Pacific time. And there will be a replay available to you for 48 hours if you can't attend live at that time. I have enjoyed so much being here with you today, and um, I hope that you guys got some value out of this. Uh, if you have any questions or things you want to hear me talk about or you love addressed, uh, shoot it to me over there at my website. Just hit the contact button. I'd be happy to hear from you guys. Other than that, I hope you have a fabulous couple of weeks, and I will see you later. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Stay focused. Stay strong. News for the Soul will begin its 24th year of broadcasting in January 2021. After nearly a quarter of a century of grassroots investigation and exploration into the unknown and lesser known realm to discover what's really real and what's really possible with News for the Soul founder, journalist Nicole Marie Whitney at the helm, we now find ourselves here in this pivotal moment in human history. Staying in our power and in our hearts is more crucial than ever. 
We are continuing to work 24-7 at News for the Soul Broadcasting to uncover deeper truths and techniques to best maneuver through these very challenging times. We are increasing our broadcasting hours to support and serve you in the highest way possible. Tune in daily to discover new hosts and radio shows and to hear Nicole Marie's latest cutting-edge interview with luminaries of our times speaking to what's happening in our world today from a conscious perspective. Community, consciousness, and positive, empowered focus are crucial elements right now for us all. Stay focused. Stay strong. For over 20 years, we've known this simple concept to be true. What you focus on expands. That is more important than ever in 2020 and beyond. In times of social distance and lockdown, we must connect with our community more deeply and more often. And we are here for you. Our live shows and our show archives are always totally free to hear anytime. Just go to newsforthesoul.com to tune in and find out more. That's newsforthesoul.com. And spread the word so that others can avail themselves of this free resource as well. That's newsforthesoul.com. Stay focused. Stay strong. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chumba. 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 Chum